It is The Difference, a podcast about the intersection of politics and economics with me, Dan O'Donnell, as well as the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Now, this week, Dave, we've got a lot of ground to cover. We will, of course, talk about the debt limit now that Congress is back in session. We've got the latest inflation gauge was actually pretty good, but it seems as uh, the Federal Reserve is trying to bend uh, over the past year, trying to get a handle on inflation by raising interest rates. It really is causing a huge slowdown in consumer spending. But first, a story that really does get to the intersection of media, politics, economics, law, all of it. It's the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News. The trial was scheduled to begin this week. Of course, it has been delayed, as I thought, for many, many months now. There would be some sort of settlement in the works. For those who are unfamiliar, though, let's go all the way back to 2020. Dominion Voting Systems was the subject of a number of conspiracy theories. The idea being that the, the machines that they make that count up the votes, that's what they do. Dominion, Diebold, a number of other companies, Dominion is probably the biggest. They make voting machines. You put your ballot in, counts it up. The conspiracy theory was that this, uh, these machines were connected to the Internet and that people associated with Dominion, possibly working on behalf of China or whomever, were using these Internet-connected devices to actually change vote totals. Now, you might remember a, a very famous Trump lawyer of the day arguing that she was about to release the Kraken, showing that proof of this was imminent. Well, Fox News opinion hosts were running with these claims in 2020. Dominion argues that they knew that these claims were false. And in defamation lawsuits, in order to successfully, as a public figure, sue someone for defamation, you have to show something called actual malice. That either the person you're suing was broadcasting something they knew to be a lie or operated with a reckless disregard for the truth. So Dominion sued Fox News seeking, what, $2 billion? Yeah, $1.6 billion. So now we're looking at a settlement probably somewhere in the neighborhood of five, six hundred million dollars. I mean, this would be one of the biggest defamation suits. I think the biggest defamation suit ever paid out, uh, unless my memory is failing, Dave. This is a big one. Yeah, it, it is big. And of course, you know, we're recording this on Monday. And today, Monday, is when they stopped the trolley. They were supposed to have opening statements. And of course, that generally means, as you know, having a yeah. law degree, I mean, this is common practice. You get up to the to the courthouse steps, and, you, and then you have to start to settle. And so there's going to be a number, probably less than 1.6, but more than a couple hundred million dollars, and Fox is going to write the check. However, now that you have opened Pandora's box, what is going to stop someone from suing MSNBC or the New York Times again, or the Milwaukee Journal for that matter, and write down the road and saying, you defamed me, you, you printed this stuff without fact and with malice. I really think it's Pandora's box at this point. Yeah, I think it, it, it opens up an entire real risky world for members of the media, myself included. I mean, if you are a public figure, a public company, what's to stop 
uh, say, a, a conservative organization. I'm just trying to think of uh, the Heritage Foundation, mm -hmm. for example, yep. suing MSNBC, claiming that they've been defamed. I mean, I just I don't like the way that this has a potential for a chilling effect on speech and a chilling effect on reporting. Now, we're and that, but that's really the story, Dan. I mean, we're not getting more free speech. We're getting less free speech. And you see it all over the place. But this is just one more example of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is this is why I, I've been a little queasy with respect to all of this. I, now, I, for one, never actually believed any of the Dominion voting system stuff here in Wisconsin. Laws were simply changed to, to benefit Democrats. If there was a, a conspiracy, it was that we had a Wisconsin Elections Commission. We had a, a Wisconsin governor who was doing everything he could to benefit his part. Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, this is this is a, a big, big deal, and we are going to keep our eyes on this and probably on next week's podcast have a, a, a full account of what exactly Fox is paying. In the broader economy, I think the, the biggest story is that there really does seem to be a slowdown in consumer spending. Mm -hmm. We did see the inflation report, consumer price index. Uh, lower than expected. And of course, the Biden administration is touting this as great news. Well, when the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates to a point where people almost have no choice but to stop spending, what do you really expect? Yeah, so 475 basis points or 4.75% in a short period of time, about a year or so, is significant. And you compare it to historical numbers, that is a really big raise in rates. And of course, that's going to slow things down. We're going to have to see if there's one more rate raise coming. The Fed Funds Futures is telling us that we're going to see another 25 basis points in May. We'll have to see. But at some point, they have to stop because right now, the Fed Funds rate is significantly above the market rate. And that is what they were trying to do to slow inflation down. And that is generally when they stop. So that, that's where we are right now. So interest rates will probably stop if we get one in May, uh, 25 basis points, and then we'll be done. But it is absolutely doing what they expected it to do. Retail sales down another 1% the other day. Four of the last five months, they are now down. And so consumers are starting to shut down. Big ticket items are starting to slow down. And so we're going to start to see that in the economy. So that's the reason why I've been using this weather analogy of we might be in the eye of the storms. So we really haven't seen the lagging effect of all these rate raises, which we will likely see at the back half of this year at the same time that the debt debate will be roaring on. So a lot of things are going to have a confluence of events as we head into the last half of this year. Yeah, Congress is back to work, and already House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is uh, saying, look, we are done with this idea of clean debt limit raises. In other words, where you're just not allowed to negotiate the, the raising of America's debt limit in terms of uh, getting some cutbacks and unnecessary spending in addition to it, right. personally— the man is absolutely right. When did it become this law that, okay, you've got to negotiate, yep. but you can't get anything in return? Yeah. But, and they keep saying, well, not now, right? As you know, Dan, there's two sides of this. I didn't mean to cut you off, but there's two sides of this conversation that no one's talking about, right? So there's the revenue side and the expense side. And if the expenses exceed the revenue, that's how you get a deficit. 
And that is what's been happening over and over. And that difference gets thrown on top of the debt. That's how we get a debt. $32 trillion debt, and no one wants to talk about that. When it was at 1%, when the long-term interest rates were at 1%, it was less onerous. But now that you're at 4 and 5%, that interest on that $32 trillion is outrageous. And so it is going to squeeze out a lot of things out of this budget. So you go back to the revenue side. They're Right now they're getting, just call the economy, $30 trillion, give or take. Mm-hmm. 20% of that is what they're getting in revenue right now. That is significant. Historically, that is a very high number. But they're still spending 235 on their way to 24 or 25%. The gap is widening, despite the fact that the revenues are coming in. And that's the reason why, why not have a conversation? And of course, you know, both sides are, are not even in the room together. That said, do you really expect the United States of America to default on any of its loan obligations? No, but that's not the point. And we've seen this. We've seen Netanyahu, right, the prime minister of Israel, has all of this dysfunction going on over there. Moody's just downgraded them. In the United States, it happened back, you'll remember, back in 2011. Moody's Mm -hmm. downgraded the debt. Well, that makes it even more expensive. That makes this debt conversation even more palpable because of the interest rates might even go higher, right, at the same time if Moody starts to downgrade the debt. So I'm not saying they're going to default. I'm going to say that Moody's could downgrade it, which puts pressure on certain uh, instruments. And at the same time, the banking industry is under pressure. You've got commercial real estate loans coming due at much higher rates. There might be a commercial real estate issue coming down the road. This might be the eye of the storm as we head to the back half of the year. And this is why, as we do head into that back half of the year, you need to know what you own and why you own it. That's why we always recommend you head to AnnexWealth.com. AnnexWealth.com. Get a free wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio. Make sure you're working with someone who is working with and for you as a fee-only fiduciary, AnnexWealth.com. We're recording this on April 17th. Tomorrow, April 18th, is tax day. Tax day is, of course, as everyone knows, April 15th, but because that fell on a weekend, it moves to Monday. But Monday is a holiday in Washington, D.C., Dave, uh, and that's why it is a Tuesday. Yep. Can we dispel a myth that I have wanted to dispel for a lot? What do we hear constantly from people like Bernie Sanders? The Mm. rich don't pay their fair share of taxes, right? The investment classes, what's the the old Warren Buffett line that has been debunked for probably 15 years now? That Warren Buffett's secretary pays more in taxes than Warren Buffett. Yep. Uh Aha. Yep. Okay. According to 2020 tax data, and this is the most recent year for which data is available, the top 10% of wage earners in this country paid 74% of all income taxes. Okay, but now, every time you say that, every time you say that, someone's going to say, well, they make 74% of the Uh revenue. Uh-huh. They do not. They make an adjusted gross income share of 49.45%. So they're paying statistically way more. It's 73.67% than they're taking in taxes. And by the way, the uh, percentage here is $152,000 for top 10%. 
So they're making 49% of the income, but they're paying 74% in taxes. Top 25% makes 70.71% of the income, pays 88.51% of the taxes. This is the number that always blows my mind, Dave. The top 50% of filers are responsible for 97.7% of all income taxes in the United States, even though they earned 89% of all income. You remember years ago when Mitt Romney was caught on a hidden camera video saying there's 47% of yep. people who are just never going to vote. For me, it was an inelegant way of saying it. And how quaint that this was like the biggest political scandal of all time. Now we've got former presidents being criminally charged by rogue Manhattan district attorneys. <laughs> but Mitt Romney saying, yeah, you know, the people who don't pay anything in income taxes are probably going to vote for the guy who is promising more stuff to people who don't pay anything in income taxes. This pretty well dispels the myth that we've got a system that is that is super regressive. We have got the most progressive income tax system in the world, I dare say. Mm -hmm. Well, at least in the, the competitive world. And it's, our tax it's, structure, it's, it's incidentally enough. Yeah. But incidentally enough, is a is a big reason why we are so competitive. But you look at the other half, you know, the earned income tax credit and the Democrats have pushed this earned income tax credit. So some are actually recipients of revenue. So there, there is no question there's there's engineering going on here. But I don't know that that's the argument. The argument is to dispel the myth, Dan, yeah. that, that the fair aren't paying their fair share. I mean, what is the fair share? No matter what it is, please Correct. define fair for me because everyone exactly. has a different well, definition of fair, it. Fair is whatever is politically expedient and a popular talking point in the moment. That's that's fair. But when you talk about things like fairness, unfairness, and you talk about people who, you know, if they're in the top 1% or top 10%, probably making more money than you are, what I think a lot of these politicians have realized is that envy is a very easy emotion to prey on. Right. And with that, we have to leave you for this week's edition of The Difference. Reminder, go to AnnexWealth.com. Get yourself a free wealth metric. Check in on how your investments are doing. Are you set up to weather what Dave calls the eye of the storm? For Dave Spano, I am Dan O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.